When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, Ram Nation. Welcome into DNVR Rams Live, presented by High Plains Strains, the Northeastern Colorado dispensary providing top quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. If you give them a visit, be sure to mention DNVR to take advantage of their deals. Hope everybody has had a very happy holiday season to this point. My first live show in over a week, we've had a couple of audio-only pods that are uploaded uploaded into Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your pods. So uh, I appreciate everybody continuing to support the content over the break. Obviously had signing day, a really encouraging class for CSU football. We're going to talk about a couple of guys you guys should keep your eye on in the portal in the coming weeks. But uh, first things first, I think we should talk about Clay Millen electing to enter the transfer portal. Former four-star quarterback followed Jay Norvell over from Nevada, uh, was given the keys to the car right off the bat. I mean, for the first 18 months or so, essentially wasn't uh, pushed as far as a true quarterback competition goes. Ultimately got passed over by Braden Fowler Nicolosi. I never saw the field again after week one. So not very surprising that he has ultimately elected to move on, uh, especially just given the recent rule changes, which have opened up a window here in 2024 for multiple time transfers to play without penalty. He's not going to have to sit out. And honestly, this is, this is probably for the best in terms of giving clay an opportunity to get a fresh start. He obviously has plenty of arm talent. I mean, we've, we talked about that quite a bit over the years. He throws a pretty football. He was very highly regarded coming out of high school, you know, had multiple power five programs after multiple Pac-12 teams. Ultimately ends up in the air raid system with Mummy, with Norvell. Comes over to CSU and it just didn't click. And I have a lot of admiration for his toughness. I mean, the two, the dude took an absolute beating a year ago. Um, I mean, got hit as much, if not more than any quarterback in the entire country. It was a really tough spot. I do think some of that was on him for holding onto the football a little bit too long. And you saw that when BFN got in there, he just, he processed things quicker. He was more decisive throughout the process. And it was a big deal for the offense in terms of opening it up. Uh, I, I just think the, the hits that he took the year before really made it tough for him to feel comfortable back there. And that was one of the things I even mentioned in the summer. I asked multiple coaches about it in the preseason, if they were concerned about it. And, you know, while they're never going to completely throw their guy under the bus early on in camp, mummy gave a, a pretty revealing. It's just like, yeah, I mean, there are times in practice where you see him not trusting the line and, you know, working through the progressions. Obviously the offensive line was significantly improved. That wasn't something that was, uh, you know, like that took time. Like you could see it pretty early on. They were a lot better. And it just didn't work out. Um, I, I do think for him to get out is probably best for him. It's it's best for the program too, because frankly, 
you know, you don't want a guy that's disgruntled in the quarterback room. And I'm not like trying to throw shade at Clay. I think it's human nature to be upset in that position. You were the guy you came over with this staff. You thought you were going to be the starting quarterback for multiple years. Now, all of a sudden, you know, in a flash, you're on the bench and you don't really have a path forward at CSU. So for him to get out, I think it's just going to be good for him to get that fresh start. It's going to be better for the quarterback room because you don't want a guy that, frankly, is is doesn't have his heart in it, that is, you know, maybe a little bit disgruntled. And it, it was kind of predictable. I mean, when you brought in three quarterbacks in that 2022 cycle, all freshmen, Clay was technically a redshirt freshman, but BFN and, and Jackson Stratton were both true freshmen. The odds of them all being on the roster going into 2024 basically slim to none. I mean, that's just the way that the the game works these days. Guys don't really stick around. There's no incentive to when you have this uh, ability to move freely. But again, you know, I don't think this is a situation where Ram fans should be worried about, oh man, like, is this a big time departure? You knew he wasn't going to factor into the picture much moving forward. By the end of the season, he wasn't even QB2 on the depth chart, guys. It was Jackson Brousseau. Moving forward, the the conversation really turns to, you know, is BFN the guy? Can he solidify his status as QB1, really take hold of the reins and we cannot look back? Or does a guy like Brousseau or maybe even Darius Curry, does he come onto campus and, you know, push these guys as well? He's a little bit different of a skill set. Brousseau, kind of more of a, a traditional pocket passer. Curry kind of looks like he's got some Kyler Murray to him, just kind of runs around, smaller guy, but a rocket arm. Um, got a question here from Charlie. Have you seen any offers or have any idea where Clay will go? I have no clue. Um, the, the fact that he can play immediately is big in terms of him being able to land at an FBS program. If he had to sit out, I think the odds of him dropping down were pretty high. Maybe someone takes a chance on him. I mean, he does have a lot of arm talent. His dad, you know, being a former NFL quarterback, I'm sure has a lot of connections across the country. You know, it wouldn't even shock me if he landed on a Power 5 roster to be uh, completely transparent with you. But as far as inside info on where he may go, I, I have no clue. And I don't want to speculate. I don't want to make anything up or anything like that. Um, maybe the Pac-12 or something like that would make sense, just being a West Coast guy. At the end of the day, though, you know, like I said, this is a situation where it's best for both sides. Um, you, you don't want a guy that doesn't want to be there in the mix, especially at a position as important as quarterback. And especially when you're trying to develop a couple of younger guys, I mean, you just don't want any type of bad habits, any bad attitude or anything like that to pass down. And I do want to make it clear. I'm not saying that that's how clay has been. Like I'm not trying to say he has handled this situation poorly, you know, up to this point because he didn't quit the team, which frankly, a lot of guys in his situation after week one, they just would have dipped. I mean, we see it all the time. So, I credit him for sticking around. Um, I don't blame him for wanting to get a fresh start elsewhere. He had a vision of what it was going to be at CSU and things just didn't work out. And that's how it goes. And it's kind of a good reminder not to get too caught up in the, uh, the recruiting rankings and all that. They're fun. It's great content. It does give you an idea of what type of ceiling a guy may, may have, you know, what type of potential he has athletic traits, all that. But at the end of the day, they still got to go out and they still got to earn it. And it, it just didn't work out here. So we wish him well. You know, we hope that he's able to land on his feet. Um, he was nothing but 
but great to me in any of the interactions I had with him. I always found him to be a good interview, even after a loss. I mean, quarterbacks, they're, they're typically uh, pretty well-kept. I mean, they know the, the company line and, and how to tow it, but he's a, he's a good dude, and we certainly wish him well. Um, as far as some other Rams in the portal, uh, Trey Pastor, the linebacker slash defensive back, he committed to Bethune Cookman. Uh, Bethune Cookman. I don't know why I can't pronounce that word. Um, HBCU program. You wish him well. He was a guy that came in from Cal. You thought that he would make a bigger impact than he did, if we're being completely honest. But he's a guy that runs well. Um, I think he's probably better suited to be a DB than a linebacker, just in terms of what I saw as far as tackling in the box. But I mean, if you look at his Cal highlights, he had a a scoop and score against USC a couple years back. Uh, so again, a guy that moves pretty well. Uh, Lewis Brown, he's posted about offers from Washington State and San Diego State. If he ends up in the Mountain West, I think that would be pretty disappointing. I mean, I don't know what type of uh, NIL they have going there in San Diego State. They are making some big offers. Interesting to see. You know, Sean Lewis gets demoted in Boulder gets that head coaching gig. Now he's brought over, you know, a couple of coaches from that staff. He brought over Michael Harrison, the the tight end that basically single-handedly won the showdown for CU. Uh, just an interesting situation to observe. I, I do think a guy like Lewis Brown would be very productive in a Sean Lewis type offense. But again, that would be pretty disheartening to lose him inside the conference. Uh, Wazoo is the other school that he's posted about. And they have made a living in the Mountain West these last couple of years. They've got a couple of Fresno State guys. They've gone after Nevada guys. Um, they got a, a receiver out of UNLV, Kyle Williams, last year. So it'll be interesting to see if he ends up there. Or, uh, again, you know, some of the bigger Pac-12 programs, which I had heard had kind of been in his ear now for a while. Uh, finally, Grady Kelly, really versatile athletic defensive tackle. One of the bigger losses this offseason. He has posted... A ton of offers, mostly from big schools, Northern Colorado, uh, Northern Carolina. Why did I said that? Like I was going to say the University of Northern Colorado, UNC, North Carolina, Michigan State, Arizona State, Texas A&M, Houston, Minnesota, Cal, Indiana, Boston College, Maryland, UMass, and Kansas was the first school that he posted about. Have also heard that that move was you know, pretty much directly related to NIL, obviously had nothing to do with playing time. Very productive these last couple of years. Really solid steal, you know, out of Navarre, Florida for CSU was a guy that was born actually in Northern Colorado. So he, he had that going for him, um, ended up had really been a, a diamond in the rough type fine for the Rams, the, the type of guy that hurts when you lose them in the portal, but also it, it's not shocking these days. Um, and again, you know, I don't have any ill will towards any of these guys that are, chasing a situation that's best for them. Um, it's just, you know, when you have to try and react as best you can as a program, if you're CSU, shout out to John Weber, the green and gold guard. Uh, those guys do a ton of great work. And, uh, you know, if you're able to help them with that in any way, it certainly elevates CSU's opportunity op chances to, you know, be a factor here in, in modern college football, which is basically just, just become an arms race. And that's kind of unfortunate, but it is what it is. Uh, we're going to talk about some guys for uh, you to keep an eye on in the portal, some targets, some people that have posted about offers, some other players that I've seen, you know, the staff members are following a uh, real quick DraftKings Sportsbook. They're giving new customers an exclusive offer for NBA fans. 
This week, new customers can bet $5, get $150 instantly in bonus bets when they score an NBA League Pass subscription on us for the rest of the season. What a what a sweet deal. You can get an NBA League Pass. You're going to get a 150 in bonus bets. All you're going to have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code DNVR. New customers can get 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting five plus score an NBA League Pass on us only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DNVR. The crown is yours. You know, maybe you want to bet it on the Nuggets. We'll see what happens. I mean, the, the AG situation is tough. That's a that's a big loss for the, you know, undisclosed am- amount of time. I guess we'll kind of see the dog bite situation. Very, very odd. But if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. Connecticut help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-779-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and up, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. League Pass Reward issued as a promo code to redeem subscription. It must be claimed by January 15th, 2024. See DraftKings.com slash promos for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Goodness gracious, the copy on that is always tough. And they put the they wrote the numbers out instead of putting the numbers. Who reads it that way? <laughs> Shout out to Breckenridge Brewery as well. They've been with us since the very beginning. If you know me, I love Breck Brew. Um, I've got a lot of friends that work over there. It's a great spot to catch a game. The farmhouse is a sweet spot. The food is really good. Highly recommend the hot wings. Uh, the burgers are really good as well. Right now, the Breck Beer of the Month, of course, Christmas Ale. I, I know the, the season is over, but you know the holiday spirit lives on through the New Year's or so. Get yourself a mini keg. A lot of fun. It's a new recipe, uh, by the way, and it's really good. I like it a lot. If you're not into that, I'm a big Avalanche Amber Ale guy. You can never go wrong with Mount Beach. Taste of summer in the dead of winter. It's nice. Check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. Um, yesterday, we saw on Twitter... Penn State wide receiver Christian Driver, former four-star prospect, has picked up an offer from CSU. He is the son of Donald Driver. Um, I I noticed that Donald Driver had liked a a couple of CSU tweets uh, last week or so. I don't know why that popped up on my timeline, but it was something that I took note of. Now Christian Driver, you know, he posts that CSU offer. 5'11", 192 pounds, has not done a ton um, these last couple years in the Big Ten. I think he'd be a really nice addition to this team, especially given the the loss of Lewis Brown. You kind of need another possession-type receiver. I mean, you've got Jay Ross to attack deep, and we'll see what happens with Jordan Ross as well. But he would be a really big addition if you can get a guy like that to come in. Obviously, the track record kind of speaks with it for itself with uh, Norvell in this system. You've got Romeo Dubs in the NFL. They put Cole Turner in the NFL. Done nothing but put up numbers. And even a guy like Dylan Goffney coming over from SMU last year. No, it wasn't the biggest year. But considering that they had three starting receivers in place for a guy like him to be as productive as he did, it, it is a nice little selling point for transfers across the country. If you come here, we can work you onto the field. I mean, that's the beauty about this system when it's functioning well is you can have six, seven, eight receivers that all play into it. It's why it's a nice selling point, you know, on, on the West coast, when you're going after some of these big playmakers, 
And, you know, maybe they'll be able to get a receiver out of Big Ten country as well. Uh, another speedy receiver to keep an eye on. He's produced a lot for Texas State. Hawkins, 5'10", 168 pounds. So smaller guy, but I think he would give them some options underneath, you know, the, the crossers and stuff like that. I also think you could do some stuff in terms of uh, running the football, but he's got 1,500 yards and 10 touchdowns the last two years. Really, really athletic guy would be a nice fit in this system. Um, I did notice a couple of the, the coaches followed USC wide receiver Michael Jackson the third. We'll see. I've not seen any types of posts from him uh, regarding you know interest in CSU, but a, a guy to keep an eye on nonetheless. Um, tight end Jason Llewellyn of Oklahoma. He was actually high school teammates with Braden Fowler Nicolosi. Another guy I would keep an eye on, Jane Orvell followed him. A couple of the other staff members followed him. Feels like a very natural fit. Lanky guy, runs well. A guy you could stretch the field with. And obviously the chemistry of already having that relationship with BFN, that's a big selling point. Another guy to keep an eye on, offensive lineman Wyatt Hummel. Six foot six, 310 pounds out of Villanova. Feels like a very similar type player to the, the guys they went out and found last year. You are going to have to replace a couple starters on that offensive line. He would be a nice addition, as would either of the defensive tackles that CSU has offered out of New Mexico State. Really unfortunate what happened with Jerry uh, Kill recently. He had to step down. He's had health stuff. Um, I think epilepsy is the reason he had to step down at Minnesota. The guy that was once upon a time in the mix for the CSU job way back when, uh, when Fairchild was hired. Gabriel Aninguez out of New Mexico State, 24 total tackles, five tackles for loss. He and Sterling Webb, who had four and a half sacks and six tackles for loss a year ago. Either of those guys would be really solid additions. Obviously, you lose Grady Kelly, Matt Thomas, the Rhode Island transfer. Uh, he's declared for the NFL draft. You also lose Mo, obviously, to the NFL. So they've, they've got some production to make up for in that interior. I do think they're in a good spot in terms of some of these guys they've brought in the last couple of years, and they can kind of take a step forward, you know, the James Mitchells of the world. But it's a spot you need depth. And, you know, Freddie Banks has been open about how much he likes to rotate. Um, <laughs> we'll see what uh, he has to say this spring. Uh, actually blocked me on Twitter. So I guess not a fan of the show anymore. Um, but yeah, those are some guys to keep an eye on in the transfer portal. That's our transfer portal update. We're going to take our attention here. We're going to swing it on over to basketball. Your Rams ranked in the top 15. Love to see it. Have an opportunity to close out the non-conference slate at 12 and one. I posted on Twitter the other day, you know, coming into the year, I think realistically you were hoping for double digit conference wins, you know, nine maybe would have been okay with depending on uh, how, how it played out. You know, if you pulled a couple of of wins like Creighton CU, if you lost St. Mary's and you lost another one on top of that, you know, I don't think people would have been super upset, but it's been an epic start. I'm going to talk about it. One sec here. Tough when you're solo. All right. Um, I put together a hypothetical Mountain West non-conference um, all-conference team, which that doesn't make a ton of sense because you haven't played inside the league. But it's been a, a really great start in terms of uh, the non-conference performance for the top end of the Mountain West. The metrics love CSU, whether you're looking at Ken Palm or, or Bart Torvik or any of that. You know, I think they've got four teams in the top 
uh, 50 of each of those. We got a question here from Henry Randall before we move on. Uh, why is there no Under Armour licensed jerseys for CSU? It's crazy that I can't buy a Stevens jersey. I can really cash in on the Joe Palmer wave. Do you know why they don't hang any? Um, yeah, that's kind of a harsh reality situation of Under Armour just doesn't care that much about CSU. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it would be any different if they had another apparel, uh, frankly, provider, if they had a different apparel provider. And maybe the school could do more. I've heard it has to do with production costs. Um, I've always felt it's a, a pretty big missed opportunity myself. So I'm right there with you. You know, I, I have a David Roddy jersey from back in the day that I ordered from China. Like, it, it's just dumb that, you know, that you don't have that opportunity to buy them officially. But that's pretty common, unfortunately. I mean, I, I follow some pretty big, big time programs. And, you know, a lot of times you can maybe get like a star. But, you know, it's pretty uncommon to be able to get the entire roster. So I, I do want to be fair to CSU in that instance as well. But it does feel like a missed opportunity, especially in the NIL world. I don't know, maybe that's something where like an independent apparel provider could step up. I know there are like some you can get through the green and gold guard. It is what it is, my friend. It is what it is. Um, but I, I would check on uh, China if, if or, well, I'm trying to DH gate. I can't remember which website it was. One of those Chinese websites. I would check on one of those if you were trying to get a jersey. It seems to be your best bet outside of uh, the green and gold guard there. Um, the hypothetical all-conference team I put together, I did the awards. It's mostly just for fun, um, but let's go through it real quick. The coach of the year thus far, I do think you can make an argument for Utah State, but I think it's got to be Nico Medved just with what he has been able to do taking this team from you know the bottom third a year ago to now the best resume in the non-conference slate. Really impressive, you know, hope CSU is able to hang on to Nico for another couple of years. We'll have to see there. Uh, that's another instance where you need the admin to really step up, you know, upgrade facilities, upgrade and pay for not only Nico, but the entire staff, you know, uh, private jet access for recruiting, all that type of stuff. Conference player of the year. I think there are two guys you could realistically make an argument for, and that's Isaiah Stevens and... Jaden Ledee of San Diego State. Ledee, especially at the beginning of the season, was on an absolute tear. I think he might be physically the most like individually dominant indiv uh, player in the conference. Isaiah, I think, is the most skilled, the most crafty. I give it to Isaiah Stevens because of CSU's start, because of how good he's been. I mean, you've seen him in the non in the All American conversation, which would be really cool. Uh, Ladie as well, I think uh, both those guys were named second team All-Americans by 247. Uh, as of this point, Isaiah was named uh, a first team by a couple of guys online, which you love to see. Um, I, I think that that would be the first All-American in the conference since Malachi Flynn did it back in 2020. Still a shame that that Aztecs team didn't get an opportunity to compete for a national championship. But I've got Isaiah right now. I just think what he's been able to do, how he's been able to perform in these big games, it's been huge. And frankly, you know, I, I do think that San Diego State, while they don't have a bad loss, the slow start should kind of hurt them a little bit in this uh, conversation. Um, it certainly did on my all-conference team. They've got some guys that are really good and I think are firmly going to be in the mix. Um, but that's how I have it right now. I've got the player of the year going to Isaiah Stevens. I have the defensive player of the year, however, going to 
with D, uh, there are a couple guys I considered. Keenan Blackshear of Nevada, really solid on-ball defender. I think you can make an argument for Joel Scott on, on CSU. I really do. Ladie's defensive numbers, just a little bit better in terms of points allowed per 100 possessions. A little bit more dominant with what he brings to the table in terms of blocking shots. But Scott, man, he, he's firmly in that conversation. Newcomer, there's a lot of guys you could go with. Uh, there's some freshmen that are really intriguing, but you also have the freshman of the year. Typically goes to transfers. Um, I went with Neat Clifford. I think that CSU's hot start should really count for something. Um, I, I do think that uh, Osabor uh, of Utah State is, is in the mix as well. But I, I just went with Neek. Um, I think he's really rounding into form offensively. When you look at how efficient he's been, just in terms of he's like 60% overall, 50% from three-point range, putting up fairly comparable scoring numbers to you know some of these other top guys. He's just been such a perfect fit on both ends. And, uh, you know, I do think that CSU's hot start should be recognized in these awards. Six man, I went with True Washington of New Mexico. Technically has started a little bit, but has been a, a really big spark off the bench. A guy that can come light it up, give you 15 to 20, you know, and pretty quickly too. So that's going to be an interesting matchup to see in that New Mexico CSU game here coming up on January 2nd. Hopefully Lake is back for the Rams. We'll see. Uh, the freshman of the year, I went with JT Toppin of New Mexico. One of the better two-way players in the league. You got to credit Patino and their ability to recruit. Um, he's just been a stud. There's, again, a couple of different options you could go there. But uh, that's that's why I have for the awards as far as the all-conference team. Obviously, Isaiah Stevens, best point guard in the league. 18 points, 7 assists per game. That's a career high. In that All-American mix, he's on it, as is Ladie. It's tough. Um, there are certainly well more than uh, five guys that deserve recognition. You could make three teams. I didn't want to go through all that. So I've got Isaiah Stevens. I've got Jaden Ladie. I've got Neat Clifford. Uh, I took him over Gerard Lucas because their scoring is, is close. I mean, Lucas is technically Nevada's leading scorer. He scores about four more points a game. The efficiency is not even close, though. The defensive numbers favor uh, Neek significantly. And I think winning big games should matter. Um, Neek does have another year of char of eligibility, Charlie, in the comments. Yes, looking forward to that. Um, I also put Keenan Blackshear, physical guard that does most of his damage inside the arc, does a great job of getting to the paint. Doesn't score quite as much as Lucas, but again, much more efficient. Um, Finally, I went with JT Toppin um, just because of the the scoring he's he's bringing to the table. I mean, he leads the league in blocks per game, averaging eight boards a game. Um, I, I do think that there's a lot of forwards that would be in that conversation. Jill Scott and Patrick Cartier are two examples. The thing is, is that like <laughs> there are just a couple of guys that do it a little bit more consistently on both ends. Like Jill Scott... He's a beast. Don't get me wrong. Such an elite defender, and he can take over in the paint. CSU hasn't needed him to every game. And Cartier, I mean, he's been so versatile as a scorer, but he doesn't make the same impact on the glass or defensively as some of these other guys. I went with Toppin just because he's so athletic. He's so explosive. Um, but again, I do think that Osobor of Utah State would have been in that mix as well. Um, Sam Griffin from from Wyoming, you know, you can make an argument for him. They just, they haven't really played anyone. 
Uh, Mashburn hasn't played enough games yet. Ethan Taylor leads the league in minutes per game. He he does all their scoring. I think you can make an argument for him. But again, when you look at their strength of record, it's tough, especially with this most recent three-game slide. So that's who I went with. Um, again, there's there's so many good players when you look at you know San Diego State. I didn't even get into Micah Parrish or you know Reese Waters or some of those guys. So there, there's a lot of guys. Um, but I think when you look at how this first six weeks have played out when you look at the, the hot start. This is a good representation of, of the start for the league. Hopefully they're able to keep it going. I do think at this point, anything less than four Mountain West teams in the NCAA tournament would be a disappointment. I mean, it, it's going to be a gauntlet and that's going to be the one thing to monitor, like who can survive this brutal schedule. Home court means so much in this league and just, you know, between having to go to Boise and Laramie and Reno and CSU, there's just so many tough trips. That's not even getting into Viejas, which is arguably the, the toughest trip of them all. But we're going to get into some Mountain West power rankings. If you guys got any questions or comments, we'll get into that at the end as well. Real quick, take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Shady Rays has you covered for the warm weather ahead. They have premium polarized shades at an affordable price. They're an independent sunglasses company. They, but they make a product that's on par with any expensive pair we've worn. What's awesome about Shady Rays is every single pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. So if you lose or break your pair, even day one, they'll send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. You can shop in person in the Park Meadows Mall. If you don't love them, exchange for a new pair or return for free within 30 days. No risk when you shop. They always have your back. Shady Rays is giving out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Trap yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. All right. Power rankings for Mountain West basketball. Start at the bottom. We'll work our way to the top. Um, got Air Force at 11. They're seven and five. Still no teams in the league with a losing record, which is great. Uh, but they've lost three straight to Big Sky and WAC competition. All tight games, but the thing is, is it, it feels like that's kind of an appropriate level of talent for them to be playing. They feel like a middle-of-the-road Big Sky team, which, again, you know, you can have teams get half in that league. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Not encouraging regarding, you know, how they're going to fare in the league. They just don't have... The athletes, they don't have the size. It's a tough spot. At 10, we've got Fresno State. They played a respectable schedule. They're sitting there at 6-6. Six and six. I do think they're capable of kind of playing up, but you know, a lot of these teams in the bottom, I just wonder if they're going to have the scoring to keep up. At number 9, we've got UNLV, 5-5. Five and five. Good against St. Mary's in double overtime, but did respond well against Hofstra. Their, their start to the season has been really frustrating because they have high level talent and you can see it like when they kick Creighton's ass at the same time they start the schedule it's going to be really brutal uh, Wyoming 7-5 and five, they've lost two of their last three I just wonder if they're going to be able to score enough in league play if they're going to have the depth to hang uh, but credit Jeff Linder for going out and rebuilding that roster San Jose State I've got them at 7 they're sitting there at 7-6 and six. they've got some vets that can score on you you know Cardenas their guard play, it, it can be solid at times. They just have no depth. I mean, it's if their starting lineup doesn't go for 70, the odds of them winning, it's, it's pretty slim. It's a tough spot there. For Tim Miles, especially now that Omari Moore has moved on, 
I've got Boise State at six. They're eight and four. They have a really high ceiling, but they've underperformed to this point. They don't have any bad losses, but I mean, St. Mary's is really their only solid win. I do think with, you know, Dagenhart, Max Rice, they're a team that could be very dangerous in conference play. We're going to get a, a nice opportunity to see them next week. Uh, I just think at some point you've got to step up and win some of these big games here. Everyone else in the league kind of has. They've got to do it more consistently if they want to realistically be considered in that at-large picture. Number five, Utah State, their 12-1 and phenomenal start. I, I don't think they have as many quality wins as some of these other top teams. Now is where it gets really tough. Um, got a question here from Taylor, a comment. Isaiah Stevens should hit 2,000 points tomorrow unless he gets pulled early or dishes out 10-plus assists. Yeah, I mean, Isaiah's completely comfortable being a facilitator, so we'll kind of see what happens. I'd like to see him do it in league play, to be honest, instead of a, against a Division II team, but it really doesn't matter. His, his career is just incredible, and it's awesome to see him continuing to you know, get these achievements. I think at this point, he is the greatest player in program history. It's, it's so funny to me. I get pushback on Twitter from, you know, the Dion Colt and all these Boulder stands. When I hype up Isaiah Stevens, they, they act like I'm being a homer. When everyone across the country talks about how great Isaiah is, he's an all American candidate, but I'm a homer for hyping it up. It's, it's funny. (laughs) Um, Got a comment here from Henry talking about last year's team. I'm assuming there's no place for Rivera and Heb. What about Tanjay? Big transfer to Missouri, but lately getting no playing time. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think Tanjay took advantage of his hot season last year, got some NIL money. I question the fit at Missouri from the start. Um, I, yeah, I think you could find a, a spot in the rotation for him, especially with the way that. CSU, you know, has been this year. I do think he would have been better suited to be a six man on this team than a starter. Um, he was big last year, um, but I, I actually think this roster is just better constructed the way that it is. And I have nothing but positive things to say about Tanjay, about Riv, about Baylor, all those guys. They played hard under, you know, really tough circumstances given the injury situation to CSU's top players last year. But um, I, I think it worked out. For the best for CSU, I do hate to see him not getting playing time in Missouri because he's a good guy. Um, it's unfortunately kind of a, a example of what happens with a lot of these guys when they jump up. I mean, there's a lot of stats that show when you go from the G5 to the P5 in football and basketball, you know, the majority see a significant decrease in playing time. Some of them fall off the map altogether. You know, the grass isn't always greener, but uh, again, I. I don't fault a guy for chasing an opportunity. He, he was at CSU for four years. He had this extra season due to COVID. You know, he went out and he, he got a bag. So I, I do hope that they paid up front, though. Um, San Diego State, I've got them at four. They're sitting there at 10 and two. I still think they're one of the top two teams in the league, being completely transparent. Uh, they sputtered at times, but I think they're rounding into shape here. Coming off of a solid win over Stanford, who's not, they're not great, but it's what you want to see from the Aztecs in this situation. I've got New Mexico at three. They're 11 and one battled through injuries, but man, they're dangerous. If once like Mashburn and house are fully going, the fact that they've been able to go 11 and one with these injuries to their key guys. And, and those guys missing so much time. It's, it's been huge for them. The, the tough thing for them and Nevada who I have at two, they're sitting at 12 and one really high level guard play as well. 
the strength of schedule for these guys is it's bad. It's downright, it's poor. Like I, I was critical coming into the season, looking at it. It didn't make sense to me. You know that it's such a big factor in terms of the metrics. Um, I don't know. Those guys are going to have to be really solid in league play because they're not going to have the cushion that CSU has built itself by getting these four, you know, high major wins. So Rams obviously come in at the top CSU 11 and one best resume in the league. Some of the metrics have some pretty crazy projections as far as how CSU will fare in the league slate. I'm really looking forward to it. Cannot wait. It's going to be really fun. Uh, Shout out to everybody in the comment section. Much love, Henry. I appreciate you. Uh, Taylor, Charlie as well. Everybody that got up this morning to talk CSU, um, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple down the line, I appreciate you as well. We'll have tons of content coming here in the coming days. Again, hope everybody has a very happy holiday season. Please stay safe. Make good decisions out there on New Year's. I remember, you know, a, a fun night is is not worth putting your life in danger. Uh, before we get out of here, got a c- couple more questions potentially. Got one from Aaron real quick. After the non-conference, who do you think worries you the the most as far as the matchup with CSU? New Mexico and San Diego State. I just think San Diego State's physicality can be tough for anybody. New Mexico, they've really turned it up defensively, but they can also kind of turn it into a track meet with their guards, especially as they're now getting healthy. Those are the teams that that probably concern me the most. I don't think CSU is going to like run the slate. So expect a couple of league losses. That's okay. The resume is going to be solid. This conference right now is in a great spot to spend, to send four teams to the tourney for the third consecutive year. You just got to avoid the bad losses. And that's the thing about this league is sometimes even going to like UNLV to play a, a 500 team can be a really tricky spot. I mean, the, the Rebels gave CSU fits for a couple of years there with Bryce Hamilton. So it's just, it's such a deep league top to bottom. There's really no gimme games. Like I don't think Air Force or Fresno is going to be great, but going to Laramie is really tough. That's a situation where anyone could pick up a bad loss. I think Boise has only kind of scratched the surface of what they're capable of. That's another team I'd keep an eye on. I mean, Degan Hart, they brought in Cam Martin from Kansas. So, We'll kind of see um, what happens there. Got a question from Taylor. Do you think the conference winner goes 15 and four, 15 and three looks nearly impossible with the talent at the top of this league? Yeah, I, I think potentially even 13 wins, depending on what type of damage happens here at the top. But I do think if you can get to that 14 win mark, you're going to have a great opportunity. If you can scrape out a 15 and three record in this non conference slate, that should, and I say, you know, should give you the the conference championship. To be honest, though, like, I want this team to do it because I think Isaiah Stevens going out as a conference champion is, is just such another cool storyline on top of everything else. At the same time, though, it's it's really, it's really just kind of like something you put up on the banner. Like, we would all much rather see the Rams make a deep NCAA tournament run than win the league. Yes, I want to win the league, but I need this team to make a tournament run. I need to see someone like Isaiah Stevens hitting big shots, potentially in the Sweet 16. Uh, Much love for all the kind words in the comment section. 
you guys are great, man. I mean, I, I love to do this and the fact that I get to do this for a living, it, it's humbling and I never take it for granted. I promise you that. Um, conference play is going to be fun and I cannot wait. I'll be live again on Sunday morning. We'll talk about what happened Friday night. Might talk a little bit of college football playoff action as well. I'm looking forward to it. I know bowl season has been a drag. Um, I have, I've always argued that there are not too many bowls. There might be too many bowls now. There might be just with so many guys opting out, it's tough to, to make these games interesting, frankly. And I think that college football has a bit of a problem on its hands with the, the postseason for 90% of the, the product is just irrelevant. Like nobody cares. I mean, look at how many people are opting out of the orange bowl and that should be a huge game. Florida state, Georgia. I mean, both of those teams could, you know, theoretically stake a claim to be national champion back in the, the old days. So it's just a bummer that it's gotten to be such a mess. It's kind of what we asked for with the college football playoff, but I'd like to see them find a way to refine it, to tweak it a little bit. Um, Cause right now, I mean, if you think about like the postseason for college basketball versus the postseason for college football, college basketball kicks its ass. It's not even close. March madness is so much more fun. The conference tournament process, everybody is theoretically in the mix. And that's the thing about college football right now is it, it's just like 10 teams. And even that it's really more like five or six. So that's a, that's a rant for another day. I suppose uh, again, I appreciate all of you guys for getting up early this morning. I'm sorry for getting a little tongue tied early on. I felt like I couldn't speak there for a second. I was questioning if I might be having a stroke but nope, I'm just a little rusty. It's the holiday season. Probably had a couple of nogs over the last week. Um, Got to get back in the gym. Anyways, that's enough rambling for one morning. Appreciate all of you. Uh, we'll have coverage of that game Friday night against Adam State. Opportunity for the Rams to wrap up a terrific non-conference slate. I mean, this truly has exceeded my wildest hopes coming into the year. So shout out to Nico Medved. Shout out to Isaiah Stevens. Shout out to this entire team. And of course, shout out to all of you. Always proud to be. Happy holidays, y'all. Much love.